Hello and welcome back to episode five of the Casual Footy Fans podcast with me, the Casual Stoke fan. And this week, the Premier League was back with a bang. I'm joined by my co-host, the Casual City fan. Today, I'll be talking about the relegation battle. With eight games remaining, can Fulham or West Brom crawl out of the bottom three? And I'll be talking about Tottenham. Where has it gone wrong for them after their 2-2 draw to Newcastle? And Chelsea get a massive surprise by West Brom. So, casual City fan, after a week or two of the international break, the Premier League is finally back, and wow, it came back with a bang. Some crazy, crazy games, we're getting on to some of them later, but how has this game week affected the relegation battle, and how can you see it developing going forwards? Well, I think like, the, main, the main game is to talk about is the West Brom-Chelsea game, because that has sparked them, because obviously... West Brom scored, I think it was 37% of their away goals. Crazy. Something insane like that against Chelsea. And I'm thinking, can this spark a mini revival? Because I would say there's five teams. I think we can all agree, Sheffield United, unfortunately, are down now. Yeah, yeah uh, I totally agree. Points, 15 points clear from safety. Don't think they can do it with eight games remaining. So I have, there's teams I think that can be in this battle are Burnley, 15 33 points. Brighton are on 32 points. Then you go to Newcastle in 17th with 29, Fulham with 26, and then in 19th, West Brom with 21 points. Yeah. So I've been looking at the fixtures and obviously the results of games, and I do not think that West Brom can make it out. You see, they have all, all the teams I mentioned do have a really difficult run of games, especially. Newcastle. Newcastle have to play West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester and Man City. But then you look at other teams, they're just Fulham. They also have a hard run of games. They play Arsenal, Chelsea and United. So I think, and also Fulham. Fulham have not been on the greatest form. They've lost four of the last five games. When yeah. people were starting to think, oh, Fulham are playing better. But they just can't, can't win games. They seem, they seem to always lose by small margins. Or they get, obviously, against Aston Villa, they were winning 1-0 and then it was last 10 minutes and they just got blown out of the water. Yeah, it's it's worth touching on the form. The The only win that Fulham have had in the last five games was that against Liverpool and their losses are Tottenham, uh, City, Leeds and Aston Villa. Uh, yeah, Aston Villa. And you kind of expect them to lose their games. But of those teams that you've mentioned there, only two of them... Uh, only two of them got two wins. Uh, both Brighton, Brighton got back-to-back wins against Newcastle or Southampton, and then it was Newcastle. And West Brom have got two wins against Brighton and against Chelsea. Newcastle got four draws and one loss. It's a really topsy-turvy battle, and it can go so many ways. What what do you see playing out? Well. Obviously, there's a very exciting game. The last game of the season, you got Fulham Newcastle. That could be a massive game for both of them. But I can't see Fulham being able to pick up points from those games. And also talking about West Brom, they are, yes, they beat Chelsea five two, but they are still eight points away. That has to be two wins. They have to have three wins or two wins and two draws. And looking at the fixtures, yes, they could beat Wolves, maybe Southampton. 
can they realistically be top four contenders? Who need to win games as well? Because obviously the top four races are tight and they need to win games. So I can't see many big teams dropping points. And that leaves West Bromwich, Southampton, Wolves, Villa and Leeds. And can they realistically beat them? Well, we say that, we, which is a fair, a fair comment. But let's not forget that on Saturday, they beat, they put five past Chelsea, which the goals weren't, you wouldn't say they were freak goals. You wouldn't say that they were goals that they couldn't score again. You know, they weren't wonder, sort of wonder goals from 25 yards. They were well-worked team goals. They took, they capitalised on some weak defending, but they were against a good defence. And you say, you're talking about the last game of the season, Fulham-Newcastle. The gap is currently three points. Um, so if Fulham can just pick up one more point than Newcastle in the games before that last day of the season, it goes down to that. That's what it goes down to. If they can just pick up one more point, they can do it on the last day. And I think that that could be the deciding match. It could be. That, that will. I think that will be because I can't... Or maybe Fulham can pick them out to start with earlier because they have uh, seem to have an easy run of games. The only easy game I see for Newcastle really is Sheffield United, who they play second to last. A big win there would be massive, massive for Bruce. But also, what I wanted to touch on was Newcastle are improving. Obviously, they haven't had a win in their five games. The draws are better than losses. They've been slowly ticking up that table, keeping up and and they have been better. They were playing brilliantly against Spurs, as, as you're going to touch on later. But they were the dominating team. And I think that Newcastle are getting better. And they could maybe pinch some points off the top teams. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. But, oh, i tell you what, it's on next match, so the next game week coming up. I'm just looking at the table now. We've got Newcastle-Burnley. That could be a big game. And Wolves are playing Fulham. And uh, Wolves are playing Fulham. Yeah, Wolves are playing Fulham. Sorry. Fulham are in 14th. I wouldn't say they were relegation candidates. But that's a game that Fulham could look to try and win, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Especially with Fulham playing, having one game less than all the competitors. They're on 31 games played. All the other teams are only on 30. They also could play a massive role because they've got one less chance to get points. Also, to go back to West Brom, who I have just noticed out, is that they, they do not play any games against their candidates. So they, they have to rely on the other teams to drop points. They can't do it themselves. They just have to try and get points and try and hope that the other teams drop points because they haven't got any games against Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, Wolves, anybody. So it's a pretty... It's a pretty confusing scenario. It's pretty difficult to sort of predict what happens. What do you think the... If we boil it down, what do you think are the most crucial factors? And then, finally, who are the three teams that you think will go down? So I think the crucial factors is going to be the form of bigger teams because the form at the moment for big teams, it's all over the place. The consistency of the top four is crazy. Just shift now. We all thought Chelsea is safe. We all thought this was safe. We all thought all oh, West Ham aren't going to drop down. But it's just all shifted. We thought Everton were easily going to get support. Now they're struggling to even get European football. And I think four will be so important. I've just noticed that four of those teams play against Arsenal. So if Arsenal play good, that's drop points. If Arsenal 
play badly and they can win against Arsenal. So I think the form of the bigger teams and other teams will be crucial to these teams' survival. And the teams that will not survive, to conclude, who do you think the last three or the bottom well, three Sheffield United, I can't see them making a 15-point gap. They'd have to win five games. It's not realistic at all. I don't think West Brom can do it. Obviously, the amazing Big Sam Masterclass, but the games they have and the ground they have to make up, I can't see. And also, to touch on that, they have an awful goal difference. Minus 34. Yeah. And then Newcastle, Fulham's and Brighton's are in the minus 20. So I can't see them piping anybody on goal difference. And I think the other team, I think it'll be Fulham. They yeah. haven't been getting wins. They need to win to get points. They're not even getting George Davies in. They're just losing loads of games. Unlucky to lose, as like in City against us, I remember watching, they played really well. They played well against Tottenham. They're unlucky to get points, but they're still not getting points and they need that. And I think that's where they're going to get down. No, I can I can definitely see that happening. So what do you guys think, the audience? If you've got any strong opinions on this, let us know. Do you agree with the City fans' analysis? that Sheffield, West Brom and uh, Fulham will go down. And what about you? What, what is your... Oh, um, I think that um, Sheffield, West Brom, Newcastle, I think Fulham will do it. I think you think Newcastle... I think Newcastle... Yeah, I think it'll be done on the last day. I can see... I can see a Scott Parker masterclass... Um, <laughs> And I think that's what will happen. So, do you agree with me? Do you agree with the City fan? Or do you disagree with both of us? Let us know. So, Tottenham Hotspur, where has it gone wrong for them this season? It's fair to say that it certainly has gone wrong. Um, They were top of the table, high flyers, to now their fifth um, after 30 games played. 14 wins, 7 draws, 9 losses, 44 points. They're scrabbling for a European spot. They crashed out the Europa League. They got a difficult game in the um, Carabao Cup League Cup final. Mourinho's blaming his players. It's getting a bit messy, and they've had quite a come down since early on in the season. Definitely. I completely agree. I think their problem is they're just so inconsistent. They can't seem to... They rack up four and then they go lose a game. They've only won one in their last four. And before that, they were winning every game 4-0, 4-1. And it's yeah. just crazy how they've just dropped in form. Yeah, they've been very mixed. Sort of To give you the stats since the start of the year, um, so this is the start of 2021, they've played 15. They've had seven wins, which is not a great return, two draws and six losses. And sort of the pretty crazy part is that... Um, this season, they've had nine losses. And as I say, six of them has come in 2021. They're scoring plenty. There's no doubt about that. They've scored 25 goals, but they've conceded 17 goals in 15 Premier League matches since the 1st of Jan. And that's just not a Mourinho team. Um, so it's pretty clear that the problems are at the back. Yeah, I agree. And I would say that they have um, potential problems up front in the form of Harry Kane. And I don't know, I'm sure that some other people have heard about the rumours that, oh, he might be leaving. I don't know about that. But he's had a goal, he's been involved, directly involved, i.e. a goal or an assist, in 52% of 
of Tottenham's Premier League goals um, in 2021. He's a great Jeez. player. That's an amazing stat for him. But it's a worrying stat for Tottenham that if he goes gets injured, my, my oh my, they might be scoring half the amount of goals. That is true. I feel like also injuries has slightly impacted Tottenham because obviously they lost Son, who is quite a big player. And they think they lost him a couple of times. Obviously, him and Harry Kane were brilliant at the start of the season and his form has gone out the window now, Son. And I feel like that is quite an important factor. Yeah, but I really don't think that it's the attack that is lacking. It is the defence that absolutely is showing up. And people say, oh, Mourinho's a defensive coach. And maybe they do sit back and defend games. But I still don't think that's the problem. Um, Because they've conceded 17 goals in 15 games. Just against Newcastle. I think, to put it in brief, the problem is that the defenders, and I've noticed this in other games, aren't tracking the attackers. They aren't marking the attackers effectively. It's like they're in some weird zonal system. Um, so like in the Newcastle game, Dwight Gale had a chance pretty near to go 1-0 up before they even did, where there was just nobody was tracking him, nobody was running him. And there have been defensive mistakes as well. Uh, Joel Linton got the first... Oh, the opening goal in the Newcastle game that happened just week this weekend where they drew 2-2. And there was sort of two instances just before they tried to clear it. It hit the same Newcastle player twice. Um, and then Joe Linton, to get the goal, he was totally unmarked. And it's not that there aren't players there. It's that the defenders are not on the attackers. And they're disorganised, which is the total inverse of what they are attacking because... They're a brilliant attacking force going forward. They've, they're organised. They know where each other are. They're making runs. Um, and you saw that in the first goal they got against um, Newcastle. Did you watch the game, Mark? Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant run from Kane. Yeah. And the second goal was really nice as well. It was just a good finish. But then, again, defence. Newcastle, I think you, you touched on this when you were talking about the relegation. Newcastle had the better chances. Um, Joe Linton had another headed chance where there were enough players back, they had a nice sort of line, but there was just nobody marking him. And I don't know, I don't know why this is. I noticed this so many times um, in the game was that they were not marking the Newcastle attackers. They looked lost. Do you think they it's a lack of desire or a lack of ability? Uh, no, it's not a lack of ability. I don't think anyone playing at Spurs lacks ability. The question is... Is it Mourinho? Is it the management saying marks only, stay in your positions mm -hmm. along the pitch? Or is he saying mark the players, track the runs, and they're just not doing it? Because it looks it looks clumsy, like um with the Willock Will Wilcock Willock goal? Sorry. Will um Willock, pardon me. Um with his goal, they had players back. What happened? A cross came in, um, Newcastle players probably were more boisterous, maybe wanted it more. The ball went out over to the right-hand side. The cross came in, and it the defenders, Tottenham defenders, they were just discombobulated. Two of them, I think it was, was it Rondon, and I'm not sure who else, they fell into each other. Um, Willock came in on a run. There was another defender there um, that just didn't follow his run, and he was unmarked to punt it in. And that was the problem, and this is the problem with Spurs, is that in the defence, they're not tracking runs. They're not marking players. It's like basic defending that they're not doing. Mm -hmm. 
do you think it's the managers the formation the or do you think it's just the players aren't concentrating lack of concentration they just don't have the legs or they just don't want to track back they have no desire to track back i my feeling is that it's not a lack of desire it's either the two possibilities are that Mourinho is saying marks only i don't i haven't done enough research on his previous teams to know whether he's done that before so i i don't know whether that's the case or whether they're just making mistakes um well i think i think it might be a lack of confidence and maybe even a lack of desire because if you see tottenham i don't think it's the manager's fault because They've gone on winning runs. They were top of the league. They were playing brilliantly. And then suddenly, I feel like they lose one game and then they they just, the mentality's gone, their confidence has gone, and then they just keep on losing games. Here, they lost five and six. They lost to Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Everton, and City. And the only win they managed was against West Brom. I agree with the confidence. I think that is probably the most likely source of this issue um and you say about them they lost the game and they went on a bad run i think that the turning point uh looking back at it was um it was a game they played against um crystal palace pardon me so on the beginning of december december 6th after 11 matches which is you know it's a decent way into the season they were top of the league they had the same amount of points as liverpool admittedly but they were top of the league they'd beaten arsenal They'd beaten City two weeks before then. They were flying. Um, and then on the 13th of December, that was game week, uh, or was it game week 12, I think, or it was 12th match, mm-hmm. they drew 1-1 with Palace, conceding an 81st-minute Crystal Palace goal, which now seems like the kind of thing that Spurs do almost every week. And after that, they went on a loot. They, went, they lost, lost, and drew to close the year out. And that goal that they conceded was um it was schlup from a uh or not directly from but it was from a free kick a free kick came in they crowded the box crystal pass crowded box and schlup ran in unmarked there was nobody following him and he punted it in and it's the same thing again where they're not tracking runs and i think just doing that one simple thing would make such a difference to them I feel also that Tottenham has a problem with controlling games they they let it slip away Obviously, the game we after lost to Liverpool 2-1 and they conceded in the 90th minute, even later. And it's just they can't close out games, it feels like. Yeah, that is... that's Once again, against Wolves, 86-minute equaliser a couple of game weeks later. It's a big problem. It's a big problem for them. And I bet that Mourinho is fuming. And I think, I think it's probably the confidence um, and just maybe a lack of communication. But I look... Uh, you know, it's pretty widely known that Spurs are called bottlers and they've done that over seasons. They did it in 2016 in the league, although probably it was just that uh, Leicester were better. Um, and they do it in games. We've seen that so many times this season. That's the big picture. But what I've seen, and as far as I have seen, in the little, little details, it's so simple. And I've said it so many times, but just look at some of the goals they conceded. I Hopefully that you'll realise it too is that they're just not tracking runs. And, it, you know, I've played a lot of football in my time. Uh, right back, left back, proud of that. Uh, but you've got to just, like, mark the players. And it's basic. And I don't know... I, it's frustrating how this is how they're losing games. 
just not good enough. Not it's, good enough. Yeah, it's so simple, and they're so good in attack. They've got so many good players. I'm not sure where Bale's been uh, since. Well, I haven't seen him. Well, I feel like that comment that he made <laughs> after after he said that the yeah. gym membership might might have affected his starting play slightly. But... Well, I think I mentioned to you uh, that he probably won't be seen in a Tottenham shirt till the end of the season now. But we'll see about that. But they have so much attacking <laughs> flair, and it's these basic sort of defensive errors that are meaning they're bottling games. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree. They're, yeah. they're not defending well enough. Not not nearly defending well enough. Does anybody else, are there any Tottenham fans listening, what do you think about about the situation? Where does everybody else feel that Tottenham are going wrong? We'd love to hear all your opinions and do you agree with us? So, as we touched on at the beginning, the Premier League came back with a bang. And I think one of the best uh, examples of that from this um, game week 30 was Chelsea 2, West Bromwich Albion 5. Uh, and that's certainly not what we were expecting. I don't think it was what anyone else was expecting. And if you're not aware, you can see what we're expecting. We make predictions on the Premier League and FA Cup game weeks um, every week. So if you want to see them, see all our predictions, check it out on Instagram at the casual footy fans podcast underscore. And on our predictions, I predicted a 2-1 win for Chelsea. You predicted a 2-0 win for Chelsea. Uh, well, we were right. Chelsea scored two goals. But <laughs> West Brom came free-flowing five goals. It was quite absurd. Well, I did. I honestly was so shocked because Chelsea have been so sure at the back this season. I think they'd only conceded two goals before that under Tuchel. And, that, and then they went five five goals against West Brom at home. Honestly, even with a man down, they, they were still playing five at the back and they still managed to concede five goals. And I think that, that is crazy. And I don't know what's gone wrong, but something, something is just, they've just collapsed. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see the next game week if this form carries on or if, if it was just a, just a blip. If it was yeah. Just a... yeah, it is worth mentioning that they lost their... Uh, it's fair to say they're rock at the back. Um, Thiago Silva was given a red card in the 29th minute on his return from injury. Um, and to be honest, he really shouldn't have been put in that position to concede that second yellow. It was given away cheaply just outside the box. And then he made a rash challenge. Was it, was, it, was, it was a silly challenge. It was, it it was, was, silly, he was a silly challenge. He should, have been, he should have known better not to give him late. Yeah. yeah it was, I think it was Jorginho, wasn't it? Gave the ball away. And, yeah, they were put in a tough situation. But I don't think you can take anything away from that West Brom performance because they scored five pretty good goals. I agree. And also, I I think when I was watching part of the game, they West Brom were actually playing really well before Chelsea went down to 10 men. Chelsea were lucky to get the first goal. It was a, it was a deflection off the post, tapping by Pulisic. And West Brom were actually playing really well. And then, obviously, the 10 men just boosted them and it played even better and scored five. Yeah, and they were really well-drilled in attack. And maybe you don't think of uh, Sam Aldice's team, you know, people say, oh, he just defends and he gets teams out of trouble. <laughs> but they were really well-drilled in attack going forwards. They had lots of, lots of outlets. There were passes going left, right and centre. And there were mistakes from Chelsea that led to the goals. But the bottom line is, West Brom were well di- drilled in, in attack. 
they capitalise on Chelsea's defensive mistakes with some really brilliant finishes and all five goals, really. Very, very clinical from West Brom. But I think I think where where went wrong for Chelsea was obviously the red card, but also conceding twice in injury time to go from winning 1-0 to, in a matter of seconds, losing 2-1. I feel like that must have been a stab to the heart for Chelsea to manage to go from going to half-time, you want to look, this is a way to build on, to actually be losing. I feel like that was very good for West Brom. It was awful for Chelsea. And I feel like that's where they started to just go into just crash. Yeah, and I think mentality, oh, it makes such a big difference in sport. But to me, it was more some really good West Brom goals. The first one was, it was an assist by the goalkeeper. Uh, he literally just smashed it up. It was a great punt and it was running behind in a nice run and a good... Finish. Um, the defenders just switched off because obviously yeah. played the ball back, and then just put it straight back up. And the Chelsea defenders obviously weren't thinking fast enough, and they got caught off. Yeah, yeah, and they let the run go through. The second goal was it was another. Um, the ball was given away, but it was nicely worked. You know, there were some good passes, and Chelsea weren't tackling, but they were making. I would say that it was more West West Brom. I said West Ham there. Pardon me. West Brom were making something out. They were, you know, they were, yeah, they were making something out of the game rather than just. They were playing very good football. Yeah, they were playing great football, and as you say, it'd be interesting to see if Chelsea do continue that form if they have another capitulation against um, Crystal Palace. I don't think they will. Do you think they will? I don't think they will. I think it probably was a blip. I don't think the. The red card was useful as well. Obviously, West Brom came with a bang as well. Their clinical finishing on the day, they could have missed all those chances. I think Chelsea would be back back to their best next week. Back, surely, defend this, defensively. But I'm also excited to see how West Brom, how they go next game week. Are they going to carry on this incredible form, this incredible football they, they started to play? And it's possible that they, they can get a result this weekend. They're playing against... Southampton on Monday, Monday the 12th of April. And you can see them winning that game more probably than you can see Chelsea losing against Crystal Palace, uh, who's that yeah. game. Although Chelsea losing against Crystal Palace, it's not impossible to imagine. No, not impossible, especially with Crystal Palace. They managed to get a draw against, against Everton, a 1-1, which is quite a good result, as Everton are quite, quite a good team at the moment. They're a bit old form, but yeah, it wouldn't, it would, I don't think it'd be as surprising as this result, obviously. Yeah, so the Chelsea-West Brom game, we've talked about it, we can really conclude that it was a case of West Brom playing great football, they were well-drilled in attack, and they capitalised on Chelsea's mistakes. There's not much more to it than that, is there? No. <laughs> So that concludes episode five of the Casual Footy Fans podcast, and we really hope you enjoy it. Do you agree with us about our talking points for this week? Where's it gone wrong for Tottenham, their shambolic defence and their basic mistakes, and who will go down this season on our respective opinions? Let us know if you agree. Let us know if you're enjoying the show. We're on Instagram at the Casual Footy Fans podcast underscore, and on Spotify and lots of other streaming platforms. So check us out on Instagram. Keep listening on Spotify. We'll be right back.